Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. Old school out, which means we're going to do some work tonight. All right, lift your Bibles high. You know, we're in week five of our series, The Holy Spirit. You're going to take some great notes tonight. I'm going to move at an expeditious pace. So, you know, if you're taking notes, take them fast. And you'll need this message. Somebody say, you're going to, I'm going to need this one on replay. Yes, you are. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. One, two, let's say it. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, say I want you to go to Job chapter 33. Job chapter number 33, verse 14. We're in week five of our series, The Holy Spirit. It's the God in you. Say, God wants to live in me. And work through me. You're not trash. You're not junk. You're not, you're not. No, 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 no. God thinks that you're livable. Job 33, 14. Spelled like job. For God may speak in one way or another. Which means, look at me. There's multiple ways God can speak. There's not just one way. So there's multiple ways. God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. Man doesn't perceive it because man's not been taught to understand it. But tonight, tonight I'm going to teach you how to make sure that you know God's voice like the back of your hand. Father, I decrease that you would increase. Speak through me now. Take over this worship experience. Preach through me. Teach through me. Flow through me tonight that we would not just have a great worship experience, but we'd have an encounter with the Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the same God that healed blinded eyes 2,000 years ago is the same one that's in this room right now. The same God that's parted the Red Sea is in this room right now. The same God that healed a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years is in this room right now. 
The same God that made the sun stand still so Joshua could take vengeance on his enemies. He's in this room right now. The same God that took nothing and turned it into something is in this room right now. The same God that when they were hungry rained down manna from heaven so much so they called it angel's food is in this room right now. The same God that when they did not have meat to, meat to eat that he gave them quail. That God is in this room right now. The same God that when they didn't have water Moses spoke to a rock and that rock gave water is in this room room right now the same God that worked miracles in the Bible he's in this room right now so we say move and have your way say he's in the room right now say he's in the room right now and we thank you for it now in Jesus name give him a praise Wednesday one more time you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, we're in this series called Holy Spirit with this subtopic, It's the God in You. And I encourage you to catch up on the first few messages on YouTube or Facebook or our mobile app or even uh, auto message through our app. So far, we've learned there's three experiences we can have as Christians. The first is what? Salvation. That's when we're born again or we make a decision to become a Christian. We've learned that that's when we are sealed by the Spirit. And we've learned that salvation is just the beginning. It is not the ending. Many people, when they get saved, they think that's the end it's not that's the beginning it is the beginning of a brand new way of life it is the beginning I'm no longer living for your purpose, but living for the purpose of the one that purposed you in the first place. It is the beginning of living your life with intentionality so much so that you have a reason to get up besides chasing money, besides chasing relationships, besides popping out babies. You now have a reason to live, and that reason is found in Jesus. So the second experience is now when we are filled with the Spirit. Number one, we're sealed with the Spirit, but then number two, we're filled with the spirit when we're filled with the spirit we've learned so far that the spirit of god which is called the holy ghost or the holy spirit or being spirit filled we've learned that that is quite literally god's breath it is god's mind god's wind and god's soul say those four words with me god's breath God's mind, God's whim, God's soul. So when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't just have a seal on you. Because here's the deal. You can have a nice seal but be messed up on the inside. Have you ever seen something that looked really nice on the outside, but when you looked at it on the inside, you were like, that's disgusting. Have you ever uh, looked at something from the outside and thought uh, it was going to be one thing, and when you got on the inside, it was a different thing? So that's the same way with salvation. See, when you're saved and you're sealed, you may look the part, but you don't know how to be the part. This is more than just acting like a Christian, baby. This is living with a way of life such that you bring life to other people. So that second experience, we get God's breath. He breathes the breath of life into us. How do you keep getting up every morning? Because he breathes life into me. How do you keep breathing even when stuff's trying to suffocate you? Because he breathes life into me. How do you keep going when you feel like giving up? He breathes life into me. How do you keep on praying when you don't think it's working? Because he breathes life into me. How do you keep on giving when it doesn't seem like it's working? Because he breathes life into to me but then it's his mind which means when I look at something and I'm spirit filled I don't look at it the same way a normal person does touch your neighbor so you're not normal yeah when you're filled with this oh we're gonna have to try another neighbor try the other one say you're not normal you're not normal because see, when you're filled with the Spirit, what happens now is you've got the mind of God in you. When God looks at a problem, God doesn't whine or complain or get mad. When God looks at a problem, he says, for this reason was I sent. In other words, all I got to do is turn my perspective such that I'm not trying to figure out how it's going to win. I'm figuring out how I'm going to win. God is a problem solver. And every time in the scripture God was confronted with a problem, he didn't just sit there and complain about it. 
God began to change it. So when you're filled with the spirit, the spirit of a problem solver is on the inside of you, which means whatever problem you throw at me, give me a couple minutes, I'll figure it out. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a college education. It doesn't matter if you don't have the same pedigree as everybody next to you. If you got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you can look at a bad situation and handle it well. You can look at a mess and turn it into a message. You can look at an issue and turn that thing around. Somebody say, I got his mind. But then not just his mind, it is the wind of God. And God fills us with wind such that, watch this, I'm not afraid of the storm, I am the storm. Y'all not saying that. See, watch this. Wind, if you look at life and make it parallel to storms, wind uh, is now uh, a representative of a storm. So check it out. When wind's coming against you, uh, how are you going to stand up when that wind's coming against you unless there's something in you that's stronger than what's out there? You're not hearing me. Have, have you ever seen on, on, on the news channel, on the weather channel, when they're out doing the hurricane and they're doing the watching and the storm is going and the wind is blowing and it's lightning and thunder and all of that and they're standing there and, and the wind is blowing but there's something that they're anchored to that's keeping them in place. Well, when you're filled with the Spirit, your anchor ain't external. Your anchor is internal, which means let the wind blow. But there's a wind that's in me that's greater than the wind around me. So you can have all hell breaking loose around you. And people say, how do you have so much peace, baby? That's not me. It's the God in me. You, your marriage can be acting crazy. And you'll say, uh, people will say, how is it that you still get up and keep giving God praise? It's not me. It's the God in me but then finally it is watch this it is uh, it is his soul God's mind thoughts will and emotion about the thing it is in us that's being spirit filled and the third experience we can have is when we are refilled say refill and we need to pray this we've learned so far every single day because life will drain you and I've given you that analogy so many times about the necessity of a refill. How many people you're understanding the power of a refill? How many people just since this series, you've grown closer to God because now you realize, Lord, I didn't just need one fill from back in February. I didn't know I needed one every day. See, when you pray that prayer every day, all of a sudden you become a threat that you weren't before. See, before you weren't that much of a threat to the enemy uh, because he knew you were on fumes. <laughs> He's, you don't have to be afraid of anybody that don't have the gas to keep going. But now what's made Chandra Kabaha, but now what's made you a threat is that he now realizes you got the gas to keep going. And he realizes now there's no way for the enemy to win because he realizes you have the fuel that you need to keep on going. Why? Because I realized I didn't just need to be spirit filled, but I needed to have a refill. Somebody say, Lord, Lord. refill me with your Holy Spirit right now. In this experience, give him praise for it right now, church, if you believe it. I said give him praise for it right now, church, if you believe it. We learned this, that when you're filled with the Spirit, one of the miracles that happens is he leads us. And we looked at Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says that Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I said this to you, that God's leading often contradicts your consciousness. So then I asked you this question. I said, so then how does God lead us? If you grew up in church, you learned to use words and you didn't know what they meant. If you grew up in church, you learned to say stuff that sounded spiritual but had no backing behind it. You learned to say stuff like this, the Lord's leading me. 
the Lord spoke to me. And you say a lot of stuff, but they don't know what it means, right? So whenever somebody says, Mr. Lord spoke to me, here's my first question. What do you sound like? They can never answer the question because they didn't hear from God. They heard from one of the four voices. Okay, what's this? What's this? Uh, so, uh, how does God lead us? Say his voice. Okay, now, what's his voice sound like? That's the issue. There are a lot of misunderstandings and misinterpretation of God's verse, voice because God's voice is rarely audible. Got it? Say rarely audible. We learn that there's one of four voices uh, that uh, can be leading you. And don't think because you feel something or you sense something or, or you say, I feel something in my gut or my eye twitched or my, or my left foot started moving like this here like I was doing James Brown. Don't think that that means that you're being led by the spirit or you woke up and saw a certain number on your alarm clock and it happened to be the same number that the TV was on. That does not mean that you're b being led by the Spirit. That's not how God works at all. In fact, God does not deal in the realm of feelings at all when he leads because feelings are fickle and feelings change. This morning, you probably thought for lunch you were going to have one thing, and then when you went to lunch, you had something else. Why? Your feeling changed. This is why love is not a feeling. Can I teach you like I want to? This is why love is not a feeling. For everybody that says, oh, we fell in love. Well, baby, you're about to fall over and fall up out of it. Because love is not a feeling. Love is a decision that produces feelings and emotions. Watch this. Uh, when you love somebody, uh, come here, Scripture. The Scripture says that love is patient. Love is kind. Check it out. In other words, I make a choice. When I choose to love you, I choose to be patient with you. And patient isn't just waiting. Patient is how I act while I'm waiting. So when I choose to love you, you may be working my last nerve, but I chose. I chose to be patient with you, and I chose not to cuss you out while I'm being patient with you, because love is also kind. Y'all not talking to me. Now, so check this out. God doesn't deal in the realm of feelings at all, because for most people, most people are ran by their emotions and their feelings, rather than their feelings and emotions uh, are something that they are in, control, uh, in charge of. So when you're led by your emotions, everything becomes very difficult because you're making emotional decisions, not spiritual decisions. So you're so, watch this, you have such an emotional connection to your money, uh, you don't like when giving's talked about in church. Y'all not talking. You have such an emotional connection uh, to the unforgiveness you're harboring against somebody else that whenever forgiveness is talked about, you're like, I'll forgive everybody but that joker. Because of your emotions, such a neighbor say, check your emotions, check your emotions. Uh, I did a whole series about it called emojis. I've taught on it a whole lot because you've got to mature to the point to where your emotions don't run you, but where you run your emotions. And we see this so evident with Jesus. I've taught this several times throughout this series, and I'll mention it again. Jesus, when he sees that his friend Lazarus is dead, Lazarus was his friend. Somebody say his friend. When he sees that his friend Lazarus is dead, the Bible says that he weeps. It's, it's a short verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And then if a couple verses later, Jesus gets out of his emotion because he only kept his emotions for one verse. Your neighbor used to keep their emotions for weeks. And they're still mad about stuff that happened in November. Still mad about stuff that happened in February. Still mad about stuff that happened last year. Some of y'all still mad about what happened in 88. And so even though you're in 2018, the truth is you've never really grown and matured beyond the point to where your emotions began to run you. But I just believe there's some people in this place tonight where you're going to get control of your emotions and your emotions will not control you. If that's you, somebody say, that's me. God doesn't deal in that realm because that realm can't be trusted. If God spoke to your emotions, your emotions would change all the time. 
Okay? So one moment you say God said this, check this out. Then the next moment you say he said that. That's why he doesn't deal in the realm of emotions. Say that's not how God works. That we learn, we, we learn this, that the first thing you need to know whenever you are considering a voice in which you're being led by is that whatever you want the most, what? Speaks the loudest. Which is why daily we have to pray that his will is done and not our will be done. Because watch this, you could be being led by what your will is. And you'll spiritualize your will. You know that person is no good, but you just don't want to be alone no more. So you spiritualize your will. Y'all ain't talking to me, so I'm going to preach hard. You should have said something to me. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to talk back to me. You gotta, if you don't talk back, that's going to make me preach hard. That's gonna be, so let's go. Sometimes we will spiritualize our own rebellion because it makes us feel good. I'm not doing this, and I believe God is behind it. Not realizing that God is not the author of confusion. Why would he say one thing here and then say something diametrically opposed to what he said here to you? That ain't God. That's you. One of four voices that it can be. We've learned it. The first is what? You talking to yourself. It's where you manifest your own will in a third person's voice. You say what you want to do, but you make it sound like somebody else and call it God. Second voice that you can be led by is people unbiblical opinions replaying. Okay? Unbiblical opinions. They're saying stuff the Bible don't say. What the Bible says, do right by her. As if that's to justify marrying somebody simply because you have a child. Preach, Bishop. Bible don't say that. Okay? So, so you're so, so you going to make a wrong more right by doing wrong? Mm, how'd that work? It got real quiet right there. Because a lot of Christian people have been put in bad relationships, and it's been the church that's put them there. Okay, okay, okay. That, that's not scripture. Okay, the child is a blessing, but y'all can't even stand one another. So tell me, we just going to make it work for the Lord. You ain't making it work for the Lord. You're going to maze that child in a hellish household, and then they're going to grow up and not even like the Lord because they watch y'all fight like cats and dogs. Tell me, we're going to make it work for the Lord. The Lord don't need you to make nothing work for him. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Okay? Lots of people have been put in bondage, the Bible doesn't say, because of people's unbiblical opinions. Here's another one. Cleanliness is next to? Now, let's just be clear. Dirtiness is not godliness. <laughs> Filth and junk is not godly. But the scripture doesn't explicitly say that. It says it in principle. It doesn't say it directly. Okay? So, 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 so then people will then judge it because they'll say, well, you know, you got them fishnet stockings on. You know something? If you grew up in real traditional style environments, you got them fishnet. Oh, that ain't clean. And cleanliness is not the godly. That's unclean. No, the way you just spoke to that person with a nasty attitude is unclean. Y'all not talking to me. People's unbiblical opinions. They say stuff that the Bible does not say. And when they say stuff that the Bible does not say, all of a sudden you will replay it in your mind and you will replay it as if it is truth. And the danger to doing that and the danger to replaying it as if it is true is that you will call it God. Here's the third voice, and we got into this uh, deep on last week. We got stuck here, is when Satan talks. When Satan's talking, he mixes facts and fiction together to play you. He'll give you a little bit of fact and a whole lot of fiction, and the little bit of fact will make you ignore the whole lot of fiction. Got it? And so you'll be sitting there saying, well, you know, that makes sense. 
They'll say stuff that makes sense, but it simply doesn't make scripture. It doesn't make truth. It doesn't make faith. We walk by what? Faith, not by sight. One of the Greek words for faith is this word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, say pistis. It means truth. It is the difference between truth and fact. See, the fact may be that the doctor says negative report. Say, thank God for doctor's report. That's a nice fact. Here's the truth. With his stripes, I am healed. Not getting ready to be. Not maybe. Am healed. Somebody say truth versus fact. So we live by this, not, not, not a little fact and a little fiction mixed together. That's how Satan works. He mixes the two together, and then the little bit of fact he threw in there. He threw a little bit of fact we looked at there with Eve, and when he threw a little bit of fact in there, Eve believed it. And when Eve believed it, all of a sudden now we learn she gave to her husband who was with her, and he believed a hype too. Okay, and if you weren't here last week, you got to get that, because if I open that up, there's a whole other level I could take that to. Amen. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here's the last voice that could be talking. It could be God talking. B-I-N-G-O. Got it. God's voice. Listen, I'm going to say it slow. Is found in God's leading. And most often it does not appear as an audible voice. It is more than likely going to be a verse, not a voice. In fact, there were very few times in Scripture where God spoke audibly. And just because you hear voices does not mean that you hear God. You may need to go see somebody about what you're hearing. Okay? If you grew up in church, they taught you stuff that's just not scriptural about God and God's voice. Mama, my heart beat real fast. Baby, that's the Lord. No, you're nervous. <laughs> that is not the Lord. Okay? Now, y'all ready to walk this out? Now, Bishop, how can I check it to know if it's God? It's not God if it ever contradicts his word. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth, this is where we ended on Sunday. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. There are, now I want to go to work. Now, there are two Greek words for word. Greek is the language of our New Testament. Hebrew is the language of our Old Testament. So, Two Greek words. The first Greek word is logos, just like legos. Just change the E to an O. Logos. It means the written word of God, what God has said. Second Greek word is rhema. Say, say it with me. Rhema. Okay? Now say it one more time. Rhema. And then say it like ma, like, you know, say right. You got it? So rhema. You sound real spiritual now. Rhema is what God Watch this, is saying based on what he said. Okay, I'm going to go deep, deeper into this. We're going, to, we're going to hit this right now with how God speaks. Say, how does he speak? God never says anything that contradicts what he said or what he's saying through what he said. That's important to know because a lot of the times people will say that God is saying stuff that it'd be impossible for him to say because it'd be in direct contradiction to what he said. Okay, so let me give you some practical examples, okay? So somebody might say, you know what, I just really think like right now it's just a season of bitterness for me against so-and-so. I just really feel like the Lord's... <laughs> you know, people be... 
I hear it. People be saying stuff. That's impossible because it directly contradicts this where he says, if you hold unforgiveness against them, I will not forgive you. How does a believer not make it in unforgiveness? Okay, touch your neighbor and say, it's not worth it. There's some folks tonight, you just need to write their name down, put it on the altar and say, I let that go. It is not even worth me holding on to this unforgiveness because I refuse to not make it in because of so-and-so. That ain't even around no more. Okay? All right. So, it never contradicts it. Four voices you can hear. First is what? You talking to yourself. Second voice. People's unbiblical opinions. Third voice. Satan talking. Fourth voice. God talking. B-I-N-G. Oh, so now let's go to work. So, let's go through the ways God spoke in the Bible. Y'all ready to go to work? Now, there are two primary ways. It is my endeavor to get through these two, and then we'll pick them up. We'll pick up the other ones as we continue through the series. Now, depending on, on, on how well I believe that you get it, we may get all of them, but uh, we'll at least get through the first two, all right? So let's go to work. Y'all ready? First, first one, you've already heard this word, rhema. What God is saying through what God said. How, how does that happen, Bishop? What do you think the purpose of church is for? Rhema. What do you come here for? To hear what he's saying based on what he said. Okay? That's why we preach from the Bible. So from his logos, we get rhema, which is why you can come in church and the verse that's been in here for thousands of years, that verse has been in here for thousands of years. But when you hear it preached to you, it's not just some verse that's been in there for thousands of years. It is a rhema. It's speaking something to me right now about what I'm dealing with right now. And so I'm getting some rhema from his logos about my situation. Are you hearing me? Jeremiah 3.15. And I will give you shepherds. That means pastors according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge. That's what to do. And understanding. That's how to do it. What are those words equal up to? Rhema. What's rhema? What to do and how to do it. Knowledge and understanding. Because even though these verses have been here. Some, you, ever, you ever called yourself one day getting super Christian? And so I'm going to read the whole Bible. And then you start in some awkward chapter, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and Mishael begot. So I was saying this. Watch this. Watch this. The verses have been here the whole time. The reason God gives you a pastor and a man of God is so that the pastor can teach you what to do with the logos you have. Got it? So look at what it says. It says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which means God says, I'm going to create somebody that's what you need. So that when I think about you and I think about the man of God I assigned you to, they're going to deliver it in such a way to where you'll get it. Which is why some of y'all, you went here, there, 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 everywhere, popped around. But when you got in here, you said, wait a minute, I can get with that. Why? Because God says, I'm going to give you a man of God, a shepherd after my heart. Which means they're going to give it to you the way you need it because you're different than your neighbor. Got it? He says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge, what to do and understanding how to do it. That's rhema. Notice, God didn't say he'd do it himself, but that he give you someone to do that for you, which is why when you come to church with expectation, I think I got some witnesses. Won't God always answer every single question? 
You could have prayed about it 15 minutes before you walked in the building and all of a sudden I get on the mic and say something. You're thinking, oh my God, does they have cameras? Alexa must be in my car reporting back to him what I said. Baby, that's not because somebody's meddling in your business. That's because the Holy Ghost is now making sure that when you hear from your shepherd, you're getting what you need and how to do it. God says, I'll give you a shepherd after my heart. Now, first in practicality, I want you to see this Matthew 4 and 4. Matthew 4 and 4. It's Wednesday night, so can I teach you boot camp sound? Matthew 4 and 4. It says this. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Watch this next part. But by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. Look at me. This is why you can never, and I need you to hear me. This is why when you come here, you're hearing exactly what God wants you to hear. Even if you're not dealing with what we're talking about right now. Sometimes when you come to church, it ain't for what you got going on right now. It's for what's around the corner. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're hearing exactly what God wants you to hear, which is why I always encourage you to go back through the messages on YouTube or Facebook and auto messages because you literally get a recording of what God is saying for your life right now. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every rhema. Look at what it says. By every what? Rhema. By every what? Rhema. By every what? Rhema. In other words, God says, if your life is off track, something's happening with the rhema. And not the way it's being given, but the way you're listening to it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So here's the deal. Here's what some people do when they come to church. I want to teach you how to get everything God wants you to get out of church. You ready? When in church, do not listen uh, just to get excited. You know, excitement's nice. That's good. You need to shout. You need to clap. You need to praise, you need to dance, you need to leap, you need to run, you need to roll. But after all that, you need to learn. So when listening, listen, listen for directives. What's the directive? What to do. A lot of people say, Bishop, that's confirmation. Don't just listen for confirmation. Confirmation could be an indication of your rebellion. Why does he have to keep repeating himself? That's what confirmation is. How many times does he have to say the same thing? Okay, and then we play games with God. Lord, if that's you, make them lights at the bottom flip. Don't look at me like that. Every single person in here has done some variation of that. Lord, if it's you, let it snow. It's July 31st. If it's you, just let the snow fall, God. The lights ain't flickering. It ain't snowing. I don't know if that's you, Lord. I don't know. Lord, if it's you, let the table start shaking. Table ain't shaking. Okay, God, I guess, well, is it? Let me pray about it again. Everybody in here, some of y'all are really fronting right now. Oh, oh, wait a minute. The Lord spoke. Thank you. Glory to God. (laughs) Say, when I come to church, listen for instructions. (laughs) 
if you're only listening for confirmation, see, if you come wanting to hear something, you will hear it even if it wasn't said. Because remember, whatever you want talks the loudest. Whatever you really want talks the what? Loudest. So you will come to church and hear something that wasn't said. People come up to me all the time. I love you. Keep coming up to me, but I just got to tell you the truth. All the time I'm going to say, you always say. And I'm like, I've never said that. I have never, ever uttered those words out of my mouth ever in the historicity of me using words. But you heard what you wanted to hear. Say, Lord, not my will. Your will be done. See, when you come to church, what you want to hear might not be what he wants to say. You may want to hear how God's going to get your enemies, take their head off, knock them down. But maybe what he says is, no, pray for them. Wait, wait a minute. I, I don't want to pray for them. I want you to hurt them. Which is why Luke 8.18 says this. Let's go to work, church. Let's go to work. Luke 8.18. Therefore, take heed to how you hear. Wait a minute. He says, pay attention to how you listen. Because when I'm giving rhema, if you're not paying attention, you will miss it and it's right in front of your face. In other words, watch this. Listen to the messages for actions to take, not just for information to know. So if the goal is to just come in here and say, oh, that was good. Church, how that was good. That's good. I like that song, too. He ran. That's good. That's good. I like that stuff. Okay, that's nice. So what you going to do when you leave? I'm an action guy. I don't really like talkers. Talkers, quite frankly, annoy me. I like people who get stuff done. I don't like people who sit up and tell me, oh, Bishop, I'm with you. Oh, Bishop, through the storm, through the fire, <laughs> through the rain, <laughs> through the storm, <laughs> sunshine and pain. <laughs> All that I got, Bishop, is yours. I'll give you everything and more. You know, look, show me. Because all that talking, I, you know, look, I got, look, oh, while you were talking, you could have did it. Show me. Song says, tell me. I want you to show me. Check this out. Check this out. So here's what happens. When we leave church, what do we do with the rhema we heard? Because you'll leave church and say, God, I just don't know what to do. Really? For 45 minutes, you got rhema. For 45 minutes, God spoke. So if you leave confused, it was not a problem with what came from the pulpit. It was a problem because you didn't take heed to how you heard. Got it? I can't speak for no other church, but up in here, I'm not just preaching some recycled, warm over something. I got off Google or out the family bookstore. I ain't looking at somebody else's streams and writing down notes and saying, ooh, I'm going to preach that. Tell me, touch your neighbor and say, there's rhema in this house. And I think there also be some thankful people that are glad that the rhema is fresh. Because some of y'all have been a whole lot of places, heard a whole lot of preachers, had a whole lot of messages. But God says, I got some rhema that I've set up and designed specifically for you that'll speak to where you're at and get you to where you're going. Somebody holler, thank God for rhema. So Jeremiah 23, 4. God says, I will set up shepherds pastors over them who will feed them now look just just can we look at that word over because we have such we have a culture in america that's so afraid of anybody being over them ain't nobody over me it's like and that's why you can't get over anything 
Okay, you can never be what you are not. He says, I will set up shepherds, what? Over there. What? Over there. What? Over there. I was talking to somebody the other day. He said, Bishop, I heard you, and I had to come here. I had to come here. I had to, I had to relocate here. Because when I heard you, I said, that's what I need. I will set up shepherds over you. Verse, and we'll do what? Feed them. Okay? With what? Rhema. And look what happens when you get to Rhema. Y'all ready? They shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be what? Whoa, whoa, no, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. You're going to have a whole nother appreciation when you walk in here now. Because you want to I'm just going to church. No, no, no. You ain't just going to Baby, God is about to speak some rain up to me, which is why I can't let nobody make me miss it. I can't let no drama make me miss it. I can't let some crazy person keep me out of church. And if you trying to keep me working on Wednesday night, baby, you got it twisted. Why? I got to get my rhema. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says they, shan't, they won't be in fear. So if you got fear, what does that mean? You have not been eating your rhema. If you're dismayed, can, can, I, can I go in the 10th gear now? If you're dismayed, that means stressed, discouraged, beaten down, broken down. If you're always there, look, you got a rhema reception problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody said it right here. Check your connection. It, it, it ain't no problem. Listen, we beaming the signal. <laughs> the signal is beaming. It's that device. <laughs> Especially you Android users. It doesn't work. Doesn't work. Get delivered. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Because since Steve been gone, Apple just ain't the same, man. My phone ain't worked the same since he been gone. The other day I looked at it and said, you about to. <laughs> and they shall fear no more. Say no fear. no fear. Why do you have fear? Because you're not full of rhema. Why do you have fear? Remember, watch this. God's voice is revealed in his leading. The way he speaks, this is one of the ways. So why do you have fear? Because you're not being led. You ask God to use you. Come on. <laughs> Turn off the stage lights. All right. Okay. It's going to take a couple seconds. All right. All right. For them time stages. If you're in a dark place in life, touch your neighbor and say, it's going to be good. If you're in a dark place, it's dark. God, no. <laughs> if you're in a dark place, internet campus, it's okay. Don't y'all flick off top. It ain't working. The computer's messing up. It's fine. No, I'm here. If you're in a dark place, no, no, go back to camera one because it's dark. I like it. Good. Okay, watch. If you're in a dark place and you've never been there before, you need somebody to lead you through that place. And sometimes it's so dark you can't see them. So you have to depend on listening to hear them. So when you have fear, it's because you're in a dark place you've not been before. And because you can't see him, you can't touch him. Because you can't touch him, you're now walking fear. You walk in fear because you don't know where you're at. But if you'll stay connected to your rhema, watch this. Come straight. Come straight. 
walk towards me. Keep walking the same direction. Keep walking the same direction. Uh, wait, wait a minute. There's something in your way. Wait a minute. Go to the right. Slide to the right. <laughs> Crisscross. <laughs> Cha-cha real smoothly. <laughs> look. Look, look, look. God, God says, okay, bring it back up. God says, the reason you're in fear is because you're in dark places and you do not know how to navigate them and you're trying to do it without being led. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is dark? The absence of light, knowledge. I don't know how to navigate this because I've not been through this before. Earlier today, I was walking through a part of the building. Somebody's with me, one of our leaders was with me, and uh, it was real dark in there. But I know how to, I walk down that hall when it's dark like that all the time because I know where I'm going. And so watch this. She stopped while we were walking down the hall. She said, sir, I don't know how you're doing this. I said, well, listen, I know the hall. I know how to get to where I'm going. When you come to church and you get rhema, you are getting instructions to navigate you through what it is that you're going through, through what it is that you're facing. So check this out, which means it's still dark, but at least I now know what to do. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I, I, I'm almost out of time. Which means rather than complaining about it being dark, when I get a rhema, a rhema tells me what to do even though it's dark. When I get a rhema, it gives me instructions on how to walk even though it's dark. Which means I'm not waiting on the circumstance to change. I get a rhema so that in the circumstance, I have the ability to change. He says, they shall fear no more. Watch. Nor shall they be dismayed. Stress. Say no stress. Discouraged. Say no discouragement. No, uh, 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 say, uh, say not, not breaking down. And then it says, and that's dismay. That's what dismay means. Then it says, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Who said this? The Lord. Who said this? The Lord. So if any of those three things in your life, here's what it's telling you. You're, you're not getting your rhema. Not because it's not being delivered, but because you didn't take heed to how you listen. You were waiting on some burning bush outside when you walked out of church. And God said, I'm not doing all of that. That's what the church is for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I think I got some witnesses in there that when you come with expectancy. Now, 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 now. Uh, secondly, say secondly. In practicality, in a moment when you need to make a decision, when you're frustrated, when you're flustered, when you're discouraged, God will give you a rhema and say, how will it sound, Bishop? Ask me, ask me. How will it sound, Bishop? Go, go First Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to say you something. First Samuel chapter 3 and, and verse number 4. Can I just take my time? And, and give me just a couple more minutes. I'm going to wrap up. First Samuel chapter Don't tell me laughing at me. <laughs> I'm just joking. First Samuel chapter 3, verse you got it? Actually, we're going to start from verse 1 so you can look at the totality of the story. I want to show you how to figure this out, okay? Somebody say, if it's in the book, it's the word. <laughs> All right, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Sounds like today. Lots of churches, little revelation. Because if there was great revelation, the body would be moving in manifestation. We, we, been, we wouldn't be shouting about being on the plantation. We'd be shouting because we owned it. 
And by plantation, I mean a mentality. It's a mentality that, oh, God, please, oh, God, oh, God. God says, I've made you the root. <laughs> Come on. Rank, conquer, and subdue. Why are you afraid of what you're supposed to rule? I want to preach now. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse number two, flow with me, please. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down. Eli is the man of God of the day uh, in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, verse three, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, it goes on that the Lord, who called Samuel? The Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am. Who called Samuel? The Lord, and what does Samuel say? Here I am. Look at verse number five. So he ran to who? Eli. Watch. And said, here I am for what? Look at me. Who called it? The Lord. Who did he sound like? Eli. This is why sheep know the voice of their shepherd. I want you to see it again so you can read it for yourself. Go, go back to, just go back to verse 4. Come on, verse 4. That the Lord called what? Samuel. Who called him? Who called him? Who he called? What did he say? Verse 5. So he ran to who? Eli and said, here I am for you called me. Look at me. Who called Samuel? The Lord. Who did he sound like? Eli. What is Eli? His man of God. So when God needed to speak to Samuel and he spoke to him audibly to give him a rhema, how did he know it was God so he could trust the voice? It sounded like who he set him under. Uh-uh, I see Denver attitude on some of y'all faces. I ain't even the one for that. I ain't even the one. I'm not even the one. Not even the one. All right, go back to verse 4. Go back to verse 4. I want you to see it. Come on, verse 4. Who called him? The Lord. Call who? Samuel. And he said what? Verse number 5. So he ran to what? And said what? For you called me. What did Eli say? I ain't call you. Lay down and take a nap. And he went and laid down. Verse 6. Then who called him? The Lord called him again. This time he said his name. Say your name. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, He answered, I didn't call you. Watch this, my son. Now, I don't have time to go here tonight. But it speaks to the spiritual maturity that Samuel was in. Because Samuel had matured from being a multitude, from a sheep, from a servant. Samuel had matured into sonship. I have time to deal with that tonight. We'll get into it later. He says, go lay down again. This is the origin of parents making their kids take naps. <laughs> when they're not tired. You know, they just woke up. It's Christmas morning. And they just woke up. All right, y'all open the gifts. Go lay down and take a nap now. We're going to lay down before we go to Big Mama's house. Lay down and take a nap. Next verse. Come on, I'm out of town. Next verse. Now Samuel, watch this, did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. What is the scripture saying? The scripture saying Samuel didn't even have any knowledge of the God 
who was speaking to him. Yet he had enough sense that when he heard the voice, he understood that the voice sounded like the one he was set under. So when God speaks to Samuel to give him a rhema, he doesn't know what a rhema is. But he knows who he's set under. It's quiet. Verse 8. And the Lord called. Y'all talk. The what? Third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, could you imagine this? Samuel was probably like, oh, God. I don't really want to go back in there a third time. He didn't told me to go lay down and take a nap. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, sir, uh, here I am, for you did call me. Uh, then, then watch this. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called. Watch this, the boy. He didn't even wait until he was later in years. He started young because Samuel was going to be the prophet that took over for Eli that would later be the man that anointed David. Touch your neighbor and say, God's been working in your life since you were a child. Wrong neighbor. Get somebody else with faith to give it to you. This didn't just happen. This, this isn't brand new. God started with you when you were down here. That's why you had so much hell when you were a child. That's why you dealt with so much rejection and abandonment when you were a child. Because the enemy was hoping he can mess you up down here so you never get to up here. But thanks be to God. I said, thanks be to God. I said, thanks be to God. You're still standing. Somebody shout, God ain't done yet. Stop. So listen, so, so, so he says, he says, when God was giving a rhema to Samuel, he said, I'm going to sound like a voice you can trust so that you will be able to disqualify any voice that's different. Are you hear what I'm saying? Okay, so that's why this whole church, pastor, man of God, church, that's why this is so important. Because when you need a rhema in the middle of a mess, you need to know that what you're hearing is God. You need to know that what you're hearing is the word of God for your life and not the devil and not somebody's unbiblical opinion and not you talking to yourself. Somebody say, thank God for Rhema. Thank God. All right, here's the last thing. Here's the last one. I told you we only get to the first two. I was going to try to get them all, but get to the first two. I'll tell you what. The, no, I'm not going to tell you what. The, right, let me get the next one. Say logos. logos. I already gave you the definition of that. These are the top two ways God speaks. Rhema and Logos. These are the top two ways. Okay? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, logo. Say God's word. What he already said. His voice is best found in a verse, which is why there's such a resistance to getting in the word. Have you ever felt a resistance to getting in the word that you did not feel until you started to get into the word? You're doing all kinds of stuff. Drinking Kool-Aid, making cheese sandwiches. You're doing all kinds of stuff. And then it's time to get in the word. Ooh, I'm tired. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do my reading tomorrow. Which is why in the Harvest Mobile app, it's available on Apple and Android source. Um, you can actually have a Bible read to you. It's so convenient. Just click the button and it will read to you for free. <laughs> Touch your neighbor say, for free. For free. Just read to you. Click the button and, it'll, and the Lord God said. 
You, you know, I use, right now, I use, I use the English Standard Version because if you use the old King James, it's too dramatic. <laughs> and then some of the other ones, when they're reading to you, I'm like, I don't like that music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I use the English Standard Version, but it'll read it to you. You can do it, and you can get the Harvest Mobile app and read the whole Bible through in a year. You just do the daily reading, click the button, boom, it'll read to you. You get the whole Bible in a year. There's a resistance to getting in the Word, and the, the reason is is because God's speaking through the verses. The verses is are His voice. Say the verses, the verses. are His voice. I got a close, so let's get here. Uh, watch this. You'll feel like you don't know what to do, and you'll be in the dark. When you actually have a light and a path. Psalm 119, 105. You should know this. If you don't, you finna learn it. You're gonna learn today. Verse 105. Your word, logos, is a lamp to my what? Feet. And a light to my path. Watch this. Not my education. Not my friendships. Not who I know, not where I went to school, not where I live, none of that. What's my light, my lamp? His word. Somebody say, his word is my light and my lamp. Come on, Wizard, help me close it. The Bible is a lamp, and the word lamp there means to glisten like it's wet so that it's easy to see what to do. I'm going to say it again. When the scripture says your word is a lamp to my feet, God says I'll make something glisten like it's wet so it's easy for you to see what to do. And then the word says it's a light. Somebody say a light. A light means it illuminates and makes decisions clear, which means, check this out, when I get in the word, the word is making, watch this, it's making my decisions clear because it will illuminate what I am to do and it will de-illuminate what I am not to do. It'll make it very clear for me. Somebody say it's the word. Then he says, it's my lamp, which means he's going to make it glisten like it's wet so it's easy to see what to do. Have you ever been looking at something, trying to find something, and then all of a sudden it seemed like it popped out to you? It was there the whole time, but when it began to glisten, all of a sudden you knew that it was there, and now you knew what to do. It's the same way with God's word. God's word, uh, watch this, it's my lamp and it's my light, which means it's going to make my decisions easy. Lay your hands on yourself and say, from this moment forward, Every decision will be easy. You ain't saying it like you mean it Wednesday. Come on, I got to close. Say from this moment forward, every decision will glisten like it's wet. Which means when I'm in God's word, God will make it clear to me exactly what to do, when to do it, who to drop, who to keep, where to go, what to do. Somebody holler, thank God for the word. Check it out. He says, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Feet is this word in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, which means regale. Now, this is going to make me shout, so if I run off the stage, y'all just come sing a song. It means this, to be able to endure my journey. Uh-uh, you missed it. Your word, watch this, is a lamp to be able to endure my journey. That's what feet means. You missed it. Your word is a lamp to be able to endure my journey. Your word is a lamp to be able to endure my journey. Somebody's going to catch it in a moment. Your word is a lamp to be able to endure my journey. How is it that I'm still standing and still here? It's because his word has been a lamp to me to be able to endure my journey. How is it you still standing? It's because his word has been a lamp to you for you to be able to endure your journey. Say his word. His 
is a lamp to be able to endure my journey. Now, 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 check this out. Check this out. I need you to catch this. How is it, say, endure? Some of our journeys, watch this. Your journey is going to have ups and downs. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to be hurt. You're going to go through pain. You're going to want to give up. You're going to even doubt God. You're even going to be bold enough internally to question if he even exists. Say, my journey will get rough sometimes. Say, but I've been told up front what to do. See, he says, my word is a lamp. It makes it glisten like it's wet. So it's easy to see what to do. When your journey gets rough, you know why it normally gets rough? Because we don't really know what to do. I, I don't really know. Do I go to the left? I go to the right? Do I stop? Do I back up? Do I shut down? Do I open up? Do I give it another try? Do I stop? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And God says, listen, Linda. He says, listen. You want my voice? Check the verse. He says, the reason you can't endure is because you're not full of my logos. <laughs> you're full of a whole bunch of other stuff. You're full of, watch this, your obsession with somebody else's life on Instagram. Y'all not talking. You're full of somebody else's thoughts and somebody else's views. You, you, you're so busy trying to be Beyonce and Jay-Z that you, you yeah. He says, my word, it's how you're going to endure your journey. It, say endure. You know what endure means? Make it. You can either happen to life or life can happen to you. Let me check the room. How many people in here can say this? I'm not just going to let life happen to me. I'm going to happen to life. God says, my word gives you what you need to endure your journey. So when your journey is the roughest, that's when you need to be. Put it up on your face. In the old school, when they used to ordain people, they put the word on their head. <laughs> and I always got a kick out of seeing it because I was like, my head gets greasy, so I don't want to get the pages of the Holy Bible greasy or oil, excuse me. But they put it on there because what they were saying is, you're going to go through some stuff that's going to make you, watch this, it's going to try to push you to make you go crazy. And he said, if you want to not break down and go crazy, it's the word. It's the word. Say, Lord, give me a hunger for your word like I've never heard before. In Jesus' name. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. 
Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R 10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.